Vision on Sound here on Fab Radio International with me, Martin Holmes. Sometimes, sadly, as I'm sure everybody knows very well, things don't quite go according to plan. And that's just as true here on Vision on Sound as in any other part of anybody else's life. True, we do have access to the Fab Radio Time Vessel, also known as Television Archive Radio Discussions Incoming Sundays, in order to juggle a few things around, but as we are subject to the laws of time and the time traffic wardens are very hot on such things, we're not allowed to leap back in time, give someone a swift talking to and suddenly find ourselves with a lovely edition of the show all nicely packaged and edited for your edification and delight. Indeed, no. Sometimes our plans just fall apart. Something just goes terribly wrong and I find myself scrabbling about and wondering just how to fill that hour I attempt to bring you on these cosy Sunday evenings. For a while I did consider weaving you a clip show out of all the shows so far, because that's a television trope in itself, but I didn't think we were quite established enough just yet to start wallowing in our own nostalgia when there's so much else to get nostalgic about in the great big world of archive TV. In the end, my loyal and faithful semi-regular co-host Sandy McGregor stepped into the breach and made a window in his busy schedule for another of our informal chats, loosely themed around aspects of our recent television viewing. And whilst we ended up nattering without a safety net, or at least, as you'll hear, without any actual preparation, I still think it makes for an entertaining hour. Anyway, before I'm tempted to use our time engine for more nefarious purposes and risk landing myself an unfixed time penalty notice and have to go back and re-record this introduction all over again to include something completely different, or maybe I already did that, ooh, intriguing, eh? Let's crank up the time engines and head off to precisely where we're supposed to be. During the following conversation, Sandy explains to me about the forthcoming deal to get some test match cricket back onto terrestrial television, which of course, as those of you who follow such things will be already well aware, has already been and gone. Things do sometimes get a little bit timey-wimey during the production of a show, in the sense that I hadn't realised quite how imminent this was at the time, and I thought there'd be loads of time before it actually happened, and then it popped up on my telly the week after. Why didn't you just edit it out then, I hear you cry. It seems quite reasonable that you cry it too, but as you'll hear, we did kind of keep referring back to it, and the tangled web of unpicking that conversation was far more than my limited production tech brain was able to unravel. Anyway, the natter itself still seemed interesting enough, well, it did to me anyway, so I left it in, as it's quite a fun natter about the simple joy of watching sport on the telly, I thought. I feel that I ought to explain a little about what's going on here, Sandy isn't in his usual hidey-hole for this one, so occasionally the sound gets a little bit iffy, so apologies for that. Again, I thought it was jolly enough that you would just probably forgive the indulgence, given how lovely you lot generally are. There were, as I said in the introduction to this week's show, several technical problems that I was battling at that time. 
Not only that, but I had prepared a load of notes for a natter to somebody else that fell through for various technical reasons, and because it was all in my mind at the time, and I do like to travel hopefully in the vague belief that everybody actually does know what I'm talking about, they rarely do, I kept bowling sandy titles of shows that he'd either never heard of or certainly not seen in a very long time. All of these shows are, of course, topics I'm hoping to return to in future editions of Vision on Sound, and if they are shows that any listeners would feel like sharing a thought or two on at some point, feel free to drop me a message and we'll, we'll sort something out. After all, an episode themed around the ITC Adventure series, or perhaps even the individual series themselves, is just waiting to happen, but it does need the right person to join me here to do them justice. Certainly the show that I do mention, Interpol Calling, which, it's fair enough to admit, was made before either of us were even twinkles in whatever eyes we were, was a complete mystery to me before I popped the DVD into the player. Made in 1959 and starring Charles Corvin, an actor once blacklisted for refusing to testify before the HUAC, he plays Inspector Paul Duval alongside Edwin Richfield as Inspector Jean Mornay. Interpol Calling is a very early example of an ITC half-hour black-and-white crime series shot entirely on film, and set, of course, in Paris, and telling the various adventures of this pair of Interpol policemen as they fought international crimes such as drug-running, homicide, people-smuggling, slavery, robbery and so forth, which in many ways still feels quite topical, seeing as the same subjects still crop up in modern crime series as if to prove nothing really ever changes. Interestingly, as the new version of Lupin appears on Netflix, Charles Corvin did once play the gentleman thief Arsène Lupin, as created by Maurice Leblanc. His co-star, Edwin Richfield, as well as cropping up endlessly, it seems, in the current daily reruns of The Avengers during the afternoon, also played the father in another show that I mentioned that meant little to Sandy, The Owl Service, Granada TV's eight-part adaptation of Alan Garner's novel of the same name which, I'll admit, freaked me out totally when I was one of the kind of youngster it was presumably aimed at, and quite frankly still boggled my mind when I sat down and watched it a few weeks ago. Made in 1969 and starring Gillian Hills, Raymond Llewellyn and Francis Wallace, it remains an enigmatic piece weaved intriguingly around Welsh myths and legends, and I'm rather hoping to return to that on another week too. In passing... I also mentioned the perennial cult TV favourite Blake Seven, which I know several of you will be keen to talk about at great length, and also my recent dabble into various BBC costume dramas, specifically The Borgias and The Cleopatras. So if you fancy a natter on air about any or all of that sort of thing, or any of the other shows, do get in touch via the Twitter feed at visiononsound1 or email vos at fabradiointernational.com. Anyway, enough of all these explanations and administrative shenanigans. Let's go over and join Sandy as he joins me online. Hello, Sandy. Hello, Martin. Nice to have you back. Great to be back. So... What's occurring, Martin? What's happening? Well, I, I seem to be, I just seem to be grow, sitting at home growing hair. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm rapidly turning, uh, I'm going the full sheen. I'm going the full, oh, Mar- yeah, full Michael Sheen. I yeah. shall rage down the microphone <laughs> in, a, in as Welsh as I can get. But um, yeah, yeah well, uh, I, that's I, about I as close as it gets. <laughs> I can't quite master the, uh, the David Tennant, uh, Alice hairband that he seems to be wearing. Yeah. I think but the, we, uh, at least I've got. I mean, we've at least we've got the same kind of. Uh, you've, I've got the Welsh. You've got the Scottish. Scottish so, yeah. To a certain extent, we've got <laughs> parallels going. 
Yeah, I think the the Alice band would be going on top of skin rather than uh, rather than luxuriant locks. But you know, there we but go. Apart from that, apart well, I suppose that. from that you can assume that I've I have been watching staged. Yes, <laughs> I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed the, I, yeah I enjoyed the second series, but not quite as good as the first. Mm. Well, that's too. often the way, isn't it? Yeah, it just became a little bit too. Self-referential. Well, I think still... the problem is that the first one was quite spontaneous, and then suddenly you've got to do it again, and it becomes yeah. more difficult. And of course, they'd mm-hmm. also they also put in a few elements of "We're in America now," <laughs> and and all that kind of thing, and the, and yeah. the guest stars things. And it's kind of weird because, uh, to a certain extent, I see parallels there with uh, another program I've been watching quite a lot recently, which is which is The Office, The American Office, yes. which I think I've mm-hmm. mentioned before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, we managed to, it turned up on Netflix on the 1st of January, and we managed to clobber through seven series in January. Good we didn't quite finish it in a month, but we've got two series to go. Right. But the, yeah. the fascinating thing to me about it is the the fact that it it's kind of... Uh, you know how you, in British programmes we kind of... Um, every, everybody just... <laughs> You're allowed to be really nasty, and it's sort of like the the American version is suddenly become quite cozy. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And what happens is that at the end of the seventh spoiler alert. Yeah. But at the end of the seventh season, Michael yeah. Michael Scott, the main character, the David Brent character, the office manager, mm-hmm. leaves the show, and they do it another two years. And what fascinates me is this is what gets got me thinking of when you've got a show like. That and you remember Mash? Do you remember Mash? Definitely you remember Mash. Mash very well. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, after three years, they lost Trapper John and uh, Henry Blake. Yeah. They managed to replace two of the leads and pretty much didn't miss a didn't miss a beat. No. But mm-hmm. I think with the Office, the problem is that a lot of people have said, you know, since it finished, that maybe they should have ended it when he left. Yeah. And not done the following two years. But what they've obviously tried to do is is take that format and push it forward and yeah. And, mm-hmm. and spread it, but it's it's kind of weird. And I was trying to think of any show where the lead has completely gone, where the show's carried on, and it's oh, been yeah. s- just as successful. And there aren't many. I, I mean, you think? I mean, Taggart managed to go on with him in name, yeah, <laughs> even though he wasn't there anymore. But uh, there weren't many shows where the the lead character. I mean, they did make a couple of um, murder she wrote's without Jessica. Right. Yeah. But again, it's not you know, it's it's kind of. Uh, yeah, I think that's... they did top and tailing on that, mm-hmm. and then there was adventure with um, was it Hal Hol- Holbrook or somebody like yeah. that. So it it. But there are very few shows where you would just remove the lead completely and it manages yeah. to carry on. I'm trying to think of any. Yeah, you've you've kind of bowled me right uh, googly there. <laughs> I'm wronging. A bosun, a bosun, a bosun. A bosun. What did it refer to at one point? That was one of your alternative terms for it after one of Reggie's uh, yeah. kind of uh, predecessors. One of, one of me googlies. Yeah, I've, 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 I've sent you one of me googlies. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure I'm yeah. sure the listeners will be very pleased to hear that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there we go. Speaking of cricket, have you noticed the, uh, the the test matches may be on Channel Four? I believe. No, what the forever se- properly the series against India. Oh crikey! That's Apparently, the uh, the value of them has. Uh, has gone up because we're in uh, because we're in lockdown. Right. So, I think there's a bit of a standoff between uh, BT Sport right. and Sky, right. and Channel Four are considering uh, throwing their uh, 
that into the ring. That would be interesting. So, they used to have it, of course, you know. Uh, yes. Back in the, uh, what was it? Uh, 2005. The, um, Mambo number five years, as we call yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> well, the, the, the thing is, I mean, you might remember this, like, when it went over to Channel 4, there was, like, there were questions in the house. There mm. was outrage mm. that, you know, the BBC had... Uh, had it for years, hadn't Had it? covered... Had, you know, it, it belonged on the BBC. Yeah. And there were, like, you know, oh, what, what Channel 4 going to do with it, you know? Mm. Uh, bugger me, but you know they started showing the uh, the cricket from both ends, mm. so that you don't you didn't spend half the game looking at the batsman's uh, backside, mm. and bringing in all kinds of things that are just now standard part of oh, yeah. part of what you expect from it's, cricket. Uh, you know, Sunset and Vine wasn't it, and Mark yeah. Nicholas wasn't it who uh, yeah. presented that. But it was uh, the the fascinating thing to me was 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 just that every sort of the the, the weekends they would go to the horse race. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, the Which BBC kind of used to be appalling for that, didn't they, just for the way they did things. I mean, that's strange, though, because now in the multi-channel thing, they'd probably be able to shift it over to E4 or something, and it yeah. wouldn't be a mm-hmm. problem. But uh, back then, they couldn't do that. It's, uh... As opposed to the BBC stopping uh, Radio 4 Longwave because they're going off of the shipping forecast. Mm-hmm. Just in, again, case some, just in case somebody's out there with a long wave radio rather than... Uh... See, I was always very happy because I still had long wave in my old car. When I changed my car, it didn't it didn't come with a long wave radio anymore. No. So I was I was rather lumbered with um, having to go out and buy a little digital box that I could plug in just yeah. so I could listen mm. to the cricket. But there you go. <laughs> but you're a big sports yeah, fan. I, think. Oh, I am a big sports fan, yes. So, so will that affect Sky or will it still be on Sky, do you mean? Uh, well, or will it be the know, Sky so coverage that they'll... Yeah, well, no, uh, I'd imagine they'd be, uh, they're going to have a bit of trouble getting the uh, getting the presenters out to India. So I think they'll be doing it from the studio in London. Uh, when they're doing test match, special, test match special from people's bedrooms oh, and stuff like that. It'll get me into trouble, though, because, I mean, I'm bad enough when it's on the radio for just going, disappearing off for hours to listen to yeah. the cricket. Uh, mm. But actually, if it's on the telly as well, I won't be disappearing. Yeah. It'll be, I'll, be there, I'll be there in the way. Yeah. <laughs> so what else you, what else you been doing? Yeah, I was, I was going to say just now, uh, BT Sport are showing the, the Aussie Big Bash. Yes. Which is 2020. And I thought, oh, this is, this is some other... 2020, and it was a New Zealand one. So mm. there are these guys who just travel the world with their, uh, their, their bats. Doing that, so I enjoy. I I did listen to one of the t- uh, T20 games while we were shopping. Well, I was I was waiting yeah. in the car whilst the shopping was being done at the weekend. And uh, yeah, I, I forget. I used to be quite dismissive for 2020, but actually, I, I quite enjoy it yeah. now. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of it it sort of fits nicely into a morning. <laughs> yes, I can never quite work out who's winning, but you know, and, 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 I, and I do think. I mean, the I don't know how much you you paid attention to the India against uh, Australia Test match the other day. Oh, the the get, the epic finish. Yes, Ugh. which which years ago would just have petered out to nothing. Mm. But now, because the the Indians are used to, well, everyone's used to twenty twenty. Mm. Then suddenly, well, it's the last. It's the last kind of ten overs, mm. and we've got to score sixty runs in a mm. test match. And they just do their, uh, you know, in twenty twenty. That's kind of pretty basic, that isn't it? You know. So they, you know, they, they pulled out these shots. It was a ramp shot. Yeah. It was a the hitting, and it was it was just fantastic. So, you know, twenty twenty has brought something to uh <laughs> to test match to, to test match cricket 2020 you know? those numbers that will live in infamy <laughs> but um as, as opposed as opposed to the, as opposed to the hundred yeah whatever that is about because it still hasn't happened uh, yet has if, it? if you're 
<laughs> if your attention span isn't long enough for 2020, mm. here's something that's uh, 20 shorter. 2020 minus 20. Yeah. I think the thing that fascinates me about that, though, because the thing I really like is test matches. I know people say, yeah. how can you possibly watch a game that plays for five days for a draw? But that's what I like about yeah. it. But the, the interesting thing to me about it is that when they come to the last day and they say, well, they've, they've got to get 123 and they've got eight wickets and they've got all day to do it. Yeah. And people go, well, it's just a T20 match, isn't it? And, it, and if again, it's a completely different game, <laughs> you know, completely different game. Yeah. So, um, Anyway, um, what else have I been doing? I've I have actually uh, slowly but surely because I've got a little bit more time on my hands this year than I had last year. I've started digging into my stack of DVDs that I haven't got round to watching that I bought when I had money. And, right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I so I've uh, I've sort of started off. I've, I've I watched the Owl Service. Have you remember the Owl oh, Service? No, 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 no. That's completely. You could just have made that up for me, Martin. <laughs> Alan Garner. All right. Alan Garner's, yes. Oh, yeah. uh, wrote the book Cheshire Writer. Yes, yeah. that's right. Uh, he wrote the book, and it was turned into a TV eight-part TV series by Granada, filmed in North Wales, in uh, 1969, I believe. 1969, oh, 1970. Oh, yeah. Certainly at the turn of the 70s. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, bonkers. Right. Absolutely bonkers. It really is. It's. I. I it was one of those. That, I don't know. You. Do you, do you pay much attention to the notes on your DVD covers at all? Uh, I struggle to read them, to be honest. Yeah, it's just that I was I was reading the episode descriptions and and then I was watching the episode and it, it bore no. I was thinking that's not what I'm seeing on screen at all. Yeah. it's like the person who wrote the notes hadn't actually bothered. Watched, <laughs> they'd read a synopsis yeah. and not actually watched. So that was fascinating. And I've also yeah. been watching a thing which I had on disc called Interpol Calling. Nope. Interpol Calling was a 1959 black and white wow. itc right, yeah. series yeah uh, okay. itc series but it it basically was a, a cop show about interpol obviously yeah mm -hmm. and uh what is interesting it's the year before they did danger man and danger man patrick mcguin was yeah. a half hour mm -hmm. show as well and you can watch as, as this hour or this half hour because it's a half hour show yeah as, as it's progressing across the series i've watched sort of uh, about half a dozen yeah. of them now and as it goes along you can see them learning how to do it because this was, yeah. I think, their very mm -hmm. first crime series. So yeah. that all the stuff that came afterwards, all your Danger Mans, all mm -hmm. your Department S's, all your The Saint and everything like that, yeah. a lot of the learning curve is in this, this yes. show. You know? mm -hmm. Are you a fan of the ITC right. shows, Sandy? Were you, I mean, uh, you watched them when you were growing up? Yeah, I must have, must have watched a few. I suppose the ITC thing was always a bit of a kind of uh, disloyal to the BBC. So. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, do you remember things like Randall and Hopkirk or or Jason King or Department S? Were they things you actually yeah, watched the same? Not, not really watch things I was. No, yeah, no, no. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I remember the Saint being on in the evenings. I remember the music. Yeah, I don't yeah. have many early memories of television, but I do remember the Saint specifically, the, the yeah. theme tune being. Yeah. being a thing and and the the bit with the, mm -hmm. um, it might not mean anything to you at all but there's a bit where the the title the little stick right. man is formed yeah. by shapes and yeah and yeah. and yeah. it was it just again it's one of those images from my youth that kind of right. sort of sticks yeah. in. so when you mm -hmm. when you plunk the dvd in it kind of um it just kind of takes me right back you know yeah mm -hmm. um the other thing about itc shows is the cars <laughs> 
<laughs> and if you're a fan of the cars, um, yeah, you know it's. Uh, but we won't worry about that. That's fine. No. Um, what else have I been watching? Oh yes, now this this probably will mean even less to you. <laughs> but I've started rewatching Blake Seven. Oh yes, I certainly remember Blake Seven. <laughs> so I'm watching the first series of Blake Seven. I've got about six episodes in now, and the interesting yeah. thing to me is I've sort of been, been meaning to watch that for oh, yeah a while. Yeah. And I just finally plunked it in, and I've forgotten how different it was. I was quite fa quite happy to find out that Tawny Owls had survived the whatever apocalypse outside the dome yeah. happened in the mm -hmm. first episode because they had one on the soundtrack. And I've got this interesting thing because I also watched the same weekend. I watched right. the Woman in Black, the Nigel Neal, oh yes, um, mm -hmm. yeah. written thing. This is mm -hmm. all stuff we can we can come back to later, but but that has a very good curlew on the soundtrack. Yeah, and I, I do. I sometimes wonder about. I, I start to hear the bird calls, now. <laughs> but the, what fascinates me about the bird calls is I'm never quite sure whether they're stock bird calls, or whether they are just they were genuinely there when they were recording. Yeah. You see. So I think the BBC, mm -hmm. the BBC tawny owl, is to, to indicate you're outdoors at night. Is a is a standard. <laughs> it's probably the same. This is on the same sort of LP that the sheep that they have in the Ambridge. <laughs> Is on all the time, you know. um, yeah. but I think the curlew, or the curlews, if you prefer, the curlew yeah. on, uh, on in the woman in black, I believe, they may well have genuinely been there. So there we go, and you can also yeah. hear the odd oyster catcher. So that, that that's, that's a nice one for the bird spotters. But there we go. Yeah. Finally, in terms of the stuff I've been watching, I, one afternoon I I, I plunk. Now th this this will appall you, but I have a disc of Jemima Shaw investigates. Right. Yes. Which is the uh, Patricia Hodge uh, vehicle, yeah. and I got about two minutes into that before I thought mm, I don't want to watch this. Uh, but <laughs> so I got that out of the machine and put in another disc that was on the pile, the Borgers. Oh yes, but the the BBC Borgers from uh, 1981. Oh yes, I presume that yeah. one you'd be talking Adolfo about. Celli. Yeah, was that was that the one with unintelligible Italian codex? It got a lot of grief. It got a lot of grief. But that <laughs> is the was... interesting thing because having bought it, because I, I, what it was is I had a phase yeah. when I was watching, um, I rewatched Claudius, I Claudius last year, yes. and then watched the Caesars, and I was having a bit of a historical drama phase. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, I went, I went and got myself the uh, the Borgias and thought, well, I know every well because someone had also pointed me online worth seeing the Cleopatras. Which is yeah. which is a lot of lot more fun than its reputation would. Uh, would <laughs> no, it is. It's actually yeah. a good series. It, yeah. It's mm -hmm. it's just yeah. It's not dated well, but no. and, it, and it was mm -hmm. absolutely slated at the time. But so was the Borgias. And the fascinating thing about the Borgias, I watched episode one. I thought, oh, this is I like this. And I've come to it from this. Everyone's telling me it's rubbish. Yeah. But actually, just sitting there and watching episode one, I thought, you know, this is all right. This I don't know what they're talking about. So so there yeah. we are. So, uh, anything you've been watching, Sand? Uh, well, this this one, may, well, it will surprise you. You're going to Google me back now. I can sense. Yeah, this. I'm going to. No, I'm, <laughs> bizarrely, I watched uh, Silver Black at the BBC. Mm, right. Okay. On uh, last week. Okay. Yeah. And it was basically it's a it's a, it's a memory of my childhood. Mm. Is the kind of the light entertainment program? Oh yes. Where you had a popular singer of the day, mm -hmm. who could be somebody like, particularly Silla Black, mm -hmm. but could also be... Shirley Bassey. Uh, Shirley Bassey. Sir Cliff Richard. And Lulu. Oh, yes, Cliff had a and show, were, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, I did loads of them. Des O'Connor, of course. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you, you basically, you're your, your light entertainer. Mm. And, you know, Silver Black, big star. Mm-hmm. And they basically sang a song, maybe did a, a sketch or two with a comedian, mm. had a guest star in. Bit of banter. Bit of banter. Mm-hmm. You'd have the dancers. Mm-hmm. You'd have the, uh, the Ronnie Hazelhurst Orchestra. <laughs> Always oh, the Ronnie Hale. Or, 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 or equivalent. Ah, okay. I'm thinking, I think that might be a franchise, you know. Several <laughs> several big bands, other, other big bands were yeah. available. Yeah. And the, uh, the, I mean, the, the, the Scylla one, it's a memory of my youth. When I look, I did have to wiki, you go on the mm. Wikipedia and look. Uh, eight series of Joking. From 68 to 76. Right? She did, Which is did kind of, transform from, you know, another pop act into a, a, a television treasure very quickly, didn't she? she was, yeah. So. I mean, you know, the initial one, she was like, it was uh, Step Inside Love, mm. which is a, a tune that just, like, takes me back mm. immediately, you know, to that... Uh, that era. Uh, to that era. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, all the way up to 76. Mm. And, you know, when you look at who her, who her guests were... I'm was it Kenny thinking, Ball and his jazz men? See, see... Season no, but Kenny, Kenny Ball only ever existed on the uh, the Morecambe and Wise show. <laughs> I don't know, they, they put him in a box in a way. When else did you see him? But yeah, so I, yeah. I did see him at a I did see him at a yeah a university do once. But uh, did you right? But, uh, but, but yeah, see, see, season seven seventy four guests Twiggy, Twiggy, Bernard Cribbins, Peter Gilmore, Michael Bates, wow. Bill Owen, Kenneth McKellar, wow. Joe Brown, My Little Shea. Vince Hill, Mike and Bernie Winters, wow. Dick Emery. It amazes me. This this seems <laughs> Mary Hopkin, Frank Buffett. This seems completely out of your comfort zone. I know. I know you're not a fan yeah, of the well, musical theatre. Yeah, this this was this was just like you know it was like a, a one hour program of yeah. various things that she'd done. Yeah. And there's a uh, Charles Aznavour, mm. inevitably. Mm. And I'm just trying to find there, there was one episode which you wouldn't. You wouldn't kind of credit it if I can just find this because I had, I had to do it. Uh, Nineteen seventy-one, right? Right. Before Bowie. Okay. Before Iggy Pop. Okay. Cilla Black. Right. <laughs> goes to the concert hall of the F- SFB okay. in Berlin. Right. In West Berlin in nineteen seventy-one. Frankie. <laughs> With uh, Sasha Distel and uh, Michael Benteen. As, as you do in front of an old German audience. <laughs> I wonder what they made of us. This this was just before we went into Europe, wasn't Feature, it? Featuring Irvin Irvin Davis Irvin Davis and his dancers, Paul Kuhn and his orchestra, musical director. Who could it be? Go on. Ronnie Hazelhurst. Ronnie Hazelhurst. <laughs> so he flew, flew Ronnie out to, to uh, Germany. Out to, to Germany. Wow. But yeah, there, there, there were clips of, of her old programme, yeah. and she started doing that thing where she went out into the, into the streets and, you know, interviewing. Engaging with the it. general public. Yeah. That was, that presumably wasn't in Germany. Because, I mean, that was you know, no, no, yes. What? What? <laughs> Str- so she, Strangely, she, uh... a puddling woman just came up to me <laughs> with a microphone and asked me about cheese or something. Fräulein Schwarz, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, then she went away and kind of had kids, and then came back mm. and became like a real staple of the uh, eighties and eighties uh, and nineties. It 90s is interesting TV. to me that how how television executives can rediscover people that they al- yeah. almost forgotten about and actually give them mm. a, a sort of second career 
Because, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was probably one of those things, you know, massive part of, of Saturday evening entertainment for eight years, like you say, and then gone. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. suddenly they have this idea and they've got this idea for a show and they're looking around for someone to present it. Like, was it Surprise Surprise that she did? Yes. And, mm-hmm. Or Blind Date. Blind Date. And they're thinking, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know which one. And, and they must put yeah. together a list of people who might do this show and, and, yeah. and, and people mm-hmm. who might have that kind of personality. And next thing yeah. you know, Scylla's back and she's got another massive hit, you know? Yeah. Because uh, uh, Tula Clark never really made a comeback, did she? I mean, in, yeah, in that I think she, same yeah, way. She kind of she went away. But yeah, it was like... She'd obviously got the kind of the experience mm. and the chops mm. from doing those shows in the sixties, which you know you had to do a bit of everything, mm. and then you know you then kind of you've got an appeal which goes across the generations. I mean, I can't imagine if you if you stuck somebody from the uh, One Direction, uh, <laughs> One Direction on TV yeah. now, you know, it, there's no kind of intergenerational appeal. Plus, also, in those days, there was a lot less music around, if you think on it. You People know, seem to like Anton Deck, don't they? People seem to. I mean, I've not really ever yeah, paid much attention to Anton Deck. No. But, um, yeah, they are like... incredibly, incredibly popular. But they're not, you know, well, sort of the arse singers, aren't they? Well, it's just they, they have a sort of universal, get, universal get appeal. Like if you're trying to put a show together, mm-hmm. you'd probably contact them yeah. or their agent, and, mm-hmm. and 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 that would probably be quite high on your list. The And this is, a, the, yes. again, we, we talked about this before, but the sort of lack of general imagination that some yeah. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. TV executives seem to show in the sense that they, they yeah. go for the same mm-hmm. faces time and time again because yeah. they know it's a guaranteed mm-hmm. hit. And, of course, you can understand why they do it, you know. But but if you're not a particular fan of Alan Carr or Anton Deck, you know, yeah. you're not going to be drawn to it. But the people who are, are. No. So you can see why they do yeah. it, you know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so, yeah, let's say there were, there were other people. They tried it, though, didn't they? They tried it with uh, Lulu as well. I remember Lulu had a big so, Saturday Lulu, night Lulu had about, Lulu had about seven, 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 yeah, seven or eight series yeah. of Lulu. My mum and dad yeah. were huge fans of uh, Val Dunican. You yeah. know, and I remember we used to sit there week after week with his rocking chair bit and his jumpers. You yeah, know. His, his V-neck yeah. jumper, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but, I mean, they, they, they well, I was going to say they were quite old. They might have been mm. like 30s or 40s. No, he seemed about 70. You probably look at him now and say, oh, actually, yeah, he was, he was a lot. But, you know, at, at the time, uh, Lulu and Sir, Sir Cliff and Scylla, you know, they were they were in the twenties, and there were still chart acts when all said and done. Were, yeah, they, they, I they mean, were they still... were the respectable side of it. You might never have got Mick Jagger doing it, but uh... no, but yeah. Well, well, one of the things is a, there's a legendary bit of footage on uh, It's Lulu, mm. where she's got the latest star from America, mm. Jimi Hendrix. Oh, yes. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix cool. played on the Lulu show and got halfway through his song, and then went, "All oh, right, we're gonna sort this for a lark." So this, I, I'm, I'm going to do. Uh, they probably put it more American than that. Uh, cream and uh, sunshine of your mind, or something like that. Something in the cut away, cut away, panic, cut away. panic. Yeah, he did that. Magic. So it's like, yeah, there we go. So that was... see, that's the, that's the, that's why they couldn't. They let him have his own show because he was too much of a rebel. You see, <laughs> the, the Jimi Hendrix show, yeah. <laughs> No, we don't watch is, with with the, with the Ronnie Hazelhurst orchestra. And you always had to have the thing was that you always had to have their name in big sort of. LVC lights, didn't you, in the background? You know, sort of their yeah. names spelled out. I've got a beautiful picture in one of my annuals of, of Des O'Connor standing in front of a whole the word yeah. Des O'Connor lit up massively. <laughs> and of course, the strange thing about that is you do remember 
those are the images you remember i, I remember yeah. these people coming in in front of this huge their name in lights and you kind of yeah. when people use the expression to see your name in lights you actually think they it probably meant broadway but actually on television it probably meant yeah. having some scenery construction <laughs> built of all the letters of your name sunny yeah. mcgregor <laughs> Yeah, presumably yeah, you've, ne you've yeah. never actually sort of come onto a stage uh, I, I, with, with your I name never had, lit up behind you and, never had my name and crooned a few me, tunes. Me, me. See, there was, I mean, the previous generation, they had uh, Andy Williams, Perry Como, Bing Crosby to a certain extent, didn't they? Doing yeah. that sort mm -hmm. of homely, you know, home entertainment, yeah. family entertainment, when all said and done. Yeah, and then, wasn't it Andy Williams who gave the uh, the Osmonds their break? Oh, probably, yeah. I so. and, and of course, then you also get, I mean, you obviously, you know, Lulu would belt out her Bond hit and, uh, yes. and surely mm -hmm. Batty would bung out her several Bond hits. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so um, it obviously led to things. Was there a, was there a Tom Jones? Tom Jones ever have a oh, quite, quite possibly, yeah. This is Tom Jones is, is sparking something yeah, in the back of my that's head. Right, yeah. I'm not sure how long that was. Yeah, I think uh, D Dusty Springfield had a few, but she just kind of stuck to the stuck to the. It's music, just fascinating you know, to me because obviously Tom Jones pretty much did the same thing. He sort of disappeared from, yeah. and then suddenly came back as part of this, um, what was it, which, which of the Saturday night? ones did he do was it the voice or uh, or, or the, yeah, or the chair the one? voice is that yeah, the chair I think one? that's the voice yeah, yeah. yes the chair one yeah, yeah. so um yeah so you know mm -hmm. it's obviously got a thing there's been quite a few of those um what we've been watching kind of shows on bbc4 on friday nights recently yeah i, I uh, mm -hmm. better half was on the phone so it came on so i was watching it with the sound off which is actually maybe yeah. the best way of doing it there was one about sort of dance programs from the the 60s and 70s it's, yeah. it's kind of fascinating just how how styles yeah. and yeah. things change you know and there was there was a, yeah a, a bizarre thing came up on uh, on facebook which is from uh, where i am back in the uh, the beautiful vale of the leaven mm -hmm. and old vale memories and it was from come dancing oh right no not 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 the kind of Strictly yeah, this was when it was just the original. ordinary folk in a ballroom. Yeah, and this was it, 1968, mm. and it was my mate's uh, big sister, right, uh, with the whatever the dance troupe was from the, the Vale, representing the west of Scotland. Uh, group dancing, and she was, she, yeah, she was dancing to uh, Puppet on a String, <laughs> which would have been current then that would have been the eurovision hit yeah of the that, year, that's it? it yeah and i, I think it, it was frowned upon by peter west oh. who, who was the presenter peter, you know talking of the cricket again peter west, <laughs> before the before yeah before the cricket peter west right. doing that so uh but yeah i, I don't think there's any sound no, there wasn't any sound in the no. video but it was just this he makes big so i wasn't allowed to see it because i, I was obviously too young well, too young for the, the in, oh, in, well, in, you know, in strictly, strictly, uh, sorry, just come dancing would have been come much too raunchy for the, the likes of you young man <laughs> <laughs> well, i think i think it was too late too scary me, actually, <laughs> yeah too scary yeah it does amaze you though yeah. when, you, when you think back i mean i've been sort of looking quite a lot recently at sort of schedules and what have you from old telly eras you know, you start, you sort of look at your radio times from Christmas Day in 1968 or something, yeah. and you just kind of think what they filled the hours with is no way nowadays yeah. would it entertain yeah. anybody <laughs> particularly. You know, but you've got these, like you say, I yeah. mean, Come Dancing ran forever, didn't it? I mean, and but it's basically it was, it, it, your ordinary folk their sequins yeah. and doing a bit of dancing. And I, I mean, I, I can't see the appeal of the modern version, but people obviously love it. 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's just never again the the whole sort of dancing no. culture has never no. really sort of. And, and I wonder why you know. Strictly Come Dancing is such a big hit, so why don't they bring the, the original, back. the ordinary one, back for the punches? Well, of course, I mean, there's all, they've done it the other way around with things like Big Brother, haven't they? You do Celebrity Big Brother or Celebrity yeah. Bake mm-hmm. Baker yeah. Sandwich or whatever mm-hmm. they, whichever yeah. those shows mm-hmm. are. So, so you kind of think you've got the celebrity version. Why don't you do one for the ordinary geezer? <laughs> yeah, or, or pe- people who are really good dancers. Um, maybe it's maybe it's the whole journey thing. Yeah. But there, there we go. You, um... Anyway, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to I'm going to go back to Silla Black because it's just leapt in front of okay. me. Uh, 1971, yeah. uh, episode two, guest stars, the Supremes, the Supremes. Sid James. <laughs> well, you never thought you'd see them on the same bill. That's interesting. <laughs> Get, I'm not finished yet. Guest appearances of Jack Warner and Eddie Waring, Blimey. featuring the Irving Davis Danzers and the Breakaways musical director. Ronnie Hazelhurst. That could become my new catchphrase. <laughs> go, go the full Ronnie. Ronnie, Hazel, Ronnie Hazelhurst. Ronnie maybe, Hazelhurst. Maybe, 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 yeah, maybe, maybe, there's, maybe we should have a look at Ronnie Hazelhurst's career because it's obviously... Because I'm, I'm kind of fascinated. Yeah, oh, can you believe it? He's not, he's not even got his own Wikipedia well, page. What is the world well, coming I, I to? I feel you've got to go in and do some editing there. So <laughs> it's about time you, you did some of that. You see, the thing that gets me is that, that uh, with Jack Warner, that would be Dixon, wouldn't yes, it? Yes, I would be there as Dixon. Dixon, Green, Dixon yeah. would have still been a current show by then. But of course, he actually also had this career as a, a light entertainment singer. Yeah. Musical act, and the fact what yeah. gets me about it is they probably bung him on stage so they're around the back wiping all his episodes of Dixon. <laughs> yeah, you know, have, I t- have I ever told you how many episodes of Dixon? Oh, you, you yeah, 400 it. of them have been oh. thrown away. 400, you imagine that now. Yeah. You know, you know, I mean, some, some fans of some shows think they're hard done by, but you know, 400 that's of oh, 430. I think there were all together so there's literally only 32 episodes Mm -hmm. or 34 episodes remaining and and yet it was a huge show I mean do you you remember watching it? 21 21 years yeah it was a kind of it was Saturday night one wasn't it is is when I remember it, and it's just. I mean, even when the format. Changed, yeah, I mean, my 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 memories are, are back when he was behind the uh, desk. behind the desk. Well, he was, he was knocking on a bit, but uh, but when he came on and and sort of did that salute thing and that piece straight to yeah. camera, which is actually now feels quite modern, weirdly. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was always the very sort of cozy idea of the copper on the beat and everything, but uh, it just yeah. fascinates me that 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 it because it, yeah. it it went on for so long, and yet. And was so popular, and yet they didn't keep any of it. Amazes me. No. But yeah, it does. It does again. Yeah. It's another one of those things. And mm-hmm. I, rem- I don't remember much about my childhood, but I remember Dixon being on on Saturday nights. So I remember Val Dudikin being on. There are these shows that you sort of take you right back to sitting there in front of the telly, probably far too close yeah. to the screen, mm-hmm. with all your sort of folks in the armchairs around you. You know, and it- yeah, yeah. I mean, my memories are are, are like. I used to always go and visit my uh, my grandmother on a Saturday, mm. or she would come to her house. So being there with my grandmother and my uh, and my aunt too, she Can lived I ask with you a question? Know, like, Was your yeah. grandmother one of these grandmothers who watched wrestling a lot? No. See, my grandmother watched wrestling, and it's only later on when yeah. you start to think this this is basically men in their swimming trunks fighting, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you just kind of in think, a, what, a, what was she thinking? <laughs> In a, in a very style. Yeah, my parents didn't like me watch the wrestling. I'm not sure what... what we Gave you ideas with, you, with your brother or something. You might end up having fights. Yeah. 
Kent Walton, I believe, so, was the... Uh, yes, indeed. Good afternoon, Grapple fans. <laughs> so you did watch wrestling? Uh, yeah, well, when I was... Like, was I this round at Grandma's? Day, and you, make you, while you were making you your Friday when, no, when nobody else was looking, you know, secret, secret guilt. Well, yeah, that was the other thing, wasn't it? You couldn't just click your channels and you had to go over to the box and push a button in or turn a dial, yeah. you know, to get... Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what else have you been watching, mm-hmm. Sam? Yeah, well, the other one is uh, I've got to uh, do a kind of, I was going to say a, a farewell, a, an au revoir, an, an adieu to uh, Spiral. Spiral, yes, we've men- Spiral. we mentioned it a couple of times that you've been watching it. Engrenage, as it is known in French, and it's come to its end after uh, eight series over... Uh, was it a satisfying end? It was good, yes, it kind of, yeah, it just kind of, it was really gripping oh, to the end. Great. And then uh, uh, there was kind of a, an ending to that episode, and potentially, I suppose they could do more. But they've said that they've, they've. Oh right! They've, they've, so it's it's not been completely. They cannot possibly bring this back now. Under <laughs> there's, any uh, no, there's not, there wasn't a kind of they all gunned down or or anything right. like that. But uh, yeah, so it's kind of eight series up from two thousand and five, mm. and the kind of. You've never watched Spiral, uh, have you? We, I think we watched a couple, but it was it was one of those shows that it was actually quite difficult for us to see because we didn't get quite the um, we didn't yeah. get uh, mm-hmm. iPlayer or whatever it was up here yeah. for quite mm-hmm. a long time, so yeah. it was sort of if we missed it, we mm-hmm. missed it, and we missed a couple of episodes, and so so yeah. it, mm-hmm. and uh, it's on our list now, weirdly, to yes. go back to. Yeah, I think. I think all all the episodes are on the oh, iPlayer, right, so you right. can go right back to two thousand and uh, just how long they'll um, be there. That's the, always the concern. But, uh, yes, uh, and I mean there are fantastic characters. There's about I think there's three left of the uh, of the original mm-hmm. characters mm-hmm. who were in the, the first one. Uh, some people have gone off and done other things, mm-hmm. and some of them have uh, dropped out uh, along the way. But yeah, I mean, it's it's just a real gritty detective mm. series which uh, doesn't involve having the Eiffel Tower in the background <laughs> of every shot. Which takes me right back to uh, Interpol calling because they use the same shot every week. Or <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the, kind of, the other bits that are famous yeah. in Paris in nineteen eighty. Oh, interesting. We're in uh, Paris. You know, a lot of it is out in the uh, yeah. in the kind of. Uh, the projects and the kind of slightly... It's a different side of Paris, definitely. Dodgy areas, yeah. And I, well, I should say that you know, some of the cast from it have started cropping up in, uh, in other places. But has it, uh, did it, I should say, um, did it have a satisfying conclusion? I mean, did, was there was stuff in the final series that kind of went right back to the beginning and, and it all sort of felt suddenly like the the whole thing was one big story that made sense or was it yeah it, it, no it, it was it was good it was a good clear ending and you know to be fair you, you could pick up the series anyway through i think we actually You're expecting watched... spiral the movie yeah we, we we missed we missed the series in the middle and it was you know we started mm-hmm. watching the next one and so we went who's that we're missing what we're missing one right. here, like like this because it was like a lot of that series was about what had happened yeah. in the previous one so we can went back then later on went back and watched the previous one and got the you know why this situation had come round. We, we were struggling with the beginning of this one because it's a good uh, you know about uh, 
18 months yeah. since we'd seen the previous one. So yeah, we yeah. found that. So what, so what, so why, so why is Gilu in prison then? What's <laughs> going on here? Let's go look at all. I think I've mentioned before uh, in an earlier episode about Fringe, where we picked up a set of Fringe, and we just spent about three episodes going, "What the hell's going on here?" Because it had been about two yeah. years since we'd seen. And we actually, <laughs> when we did our rewatch of it last year, you actually started to think to yourself, "Did we actually get this far?" Is that why we, there was a season yeah. missing that we'd completely forgotten to watch or something? It's very weird when that happens. Yeah. That you, you right. actually sit down to think, yeah. I like this show, I've watched this show, and you watch the first episode thinking, mm. I haven't the foggiest where we are with yeah. this. Yeah, there's a, there's a lovely story uh, Neil Delamere was telling on the radio on uh, Saturday about you know the investigation, mm. the new uh, Danish mm. thing about the uh, the journalist yeah. who's married, married in the, murdered in the mm. submarine. An investigation into right that, and he said, he's, 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 it's, it's, I mean, a true life story from very recently, it's coming out in 2017. And he said, Oh, well, really good. So he sat down with his wife to watch it and watch the first episode. And he said, It was straight in, you know, the crimes happened, they're in court. And then it gets to the end of the episode, and it's like, you know, it comes up with like mm. what happened to the guy who did mm. the case and what happened to the guy who uh, committed the crime. And he went, We've just watched episode six, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> ah, the horror, the horror of <laughs> modern televiewing options. Oh no, no. So he said, so he decided to watch it in the the, uh, the opposite, the opposite order. order. So it's got half. So it's got a happy ending to it. That's a, that's a kind of avant-garde way of watching television. It, it, it make a great filmmaker. It gets a bit Tarantino, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> Spiral, however. Spiral, yeah. So uh, I, I, ra- I raise a glass. Um, has that has that been Americaned yet? I don't no. think it has because it is very, Intensely very French. French. Yeah. So you raise a glass. Uh, oh, I interrupted you. I raise a glass to old Caroline Proust mm-hmm. and uh, Thierry Godard and Audrey Fleurot, who are the three who've, uh, who've made the grave. Old Gregory Fitoussi has sure. gone off to... Uh, uh, was he in Mrs. Selfridge or Mr. Okay. Selfridge or whatever that one was called, that series? He seems able to speak English and he was kind of very good looking. And uh, yeah, it's like one of these casts, it's not full of, you know, the American ones are always full of incredibly good looking <laughs> people. Yes. Uh, there, there was one there was one guy in this. We, we don't hold with that here. here at uh, Vision on yeah, Sale. We, was... <laughs> we go to the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a guy with a fantastic face. He, he is like a gargoyle. Yeah. I kid you not. Uh, that's um, the thing that always gets is... me. And and funnily enough, they actually managed to do it as well when they did the TV version. The um, name of the rose. If you actually if you actually yes. look at the monks in the name in the film of the name of the rose, they they have definitely made them up to look like human. Uh, gargoyles in, in many ways. It's very appropriate, but yes. but they did manage also to do that to a certain extent in the TV version. I have been, yeah. weirdly enough, on the recommendation in a, it was in an interview I did for another episode recently. Uh, I have uh, been persuaded to try call my agent. Have you given that a go? Well, yeah, it's on it's on my on my uh, to do oh, right. list. So you've not been so there yet. Uh, well, I, I, we're only halfway yet. through the first series but uh, yeah but that i think you'll like that that's uh that that's, right. that sounds right up Good. your alley when it comes to the french french dramas yes uh, the recommendations mm-hmm. are all in the episode with where paul was raving about it the other week so right. hopefully yeah. mm-hmm. you, by the time this goes out you'll have seen it but, uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, the, I, I do find that the, the kind of the good French series that come over are uh, very good. You know, they have a lot of quality. I mean, I'm a, I do speak German, but I struggle with quite a lot of German TV. I don't think, mm. the, I don't think the standard there is, uh, no. is particularly Well, I must uh, admit, I've got high. O-level French, and I was watching this um, Call My Agent, and it, yeah, I, I thought, no, I still couldn't survive in Paris. I could, I was, I was no. getting about one mm-hmm. word in ten. You know, and okay, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. when I last went to France a mm-hmm. long time ago now, it must be 25 years ago, and I, I mm-hmm. dredged out my O-level French, I was able to order myself yeah. a sandwich and a cup of coffee in a cafe <laughs> and felt very pleased with myself yeah. that I'd actually done that. But yeah. um, mm-hmm. but no, the speed of the dialogue is incredible, yeah. uh, which of mm-hmm. course it is. It's in the same way that, you know, yeah. I, mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I shouldn't be expecting them to talk very slowly just because they've got an English yeah. audience, yeah. you know. But it mm-hmm. it is fascinating that you think, I thought I knew this language, and yet they're rattling it yeah. out. At, mm-hmm. And obviously it's perfectly understandable. And yet I'm sat yes. there going, mm-hmm. uh, travail, I'm sure, I know, travail means work, hold on, you know. So yeah, yeah. It's, um, mm-hmm. it, it, is, it is fascinating to me. But although... I wonder whether you watch enough of something like Spiral or where actually towards the end of it mm-hmm. you do start to not read the subtitles. You know, I mean yeah. the difficulty I have and uh, the difficulty we really find with choosing to watch a subtitled program. I know we've talked about this before, but it's yeah. that thing that when you when you're eating your tea with the telly on, <laughs> you yes. can't really say, "Oh, <laughs> we can't watch that now because I need to watch it." No. I'll keep missing mm-hmm. my face with me my beans on toast or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's there's quite a lot of the. Uh, I don't know if you've found this. There's quite a lot of the kind of uh, the the French and Scandinavian actors who now start cropping mm. up in English like in English language programs, and they speak perfect mm. English. But there's there's something missing mm. about when they perform. You know, they, well, they kind of lose. Is there a subtlety in the delivery of the language? Which you see, I, I find it's interesting. When I was a child, I uh, my a friend of mine at school asked me whether whether I was Welsh. Now, I've never mm-hmm. been aware that I had any kind of Welsh intonation in yeah. my the way I speak at all. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and I said no. But my father, my father's Welsh. And yeah. later on in life, I had a colleague whose whose mother was German, and. She used to ring the office and someone would answer the phone and say, oh, it's your mum. And the, and she'd go, how do you know? And he'd go, she's speaking, you know, she's got a German accent. My mother hasn't got an accent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it, it's kind yeah. of it's kind of weird because if you listen to something like, yeah. I know you're not a massive fan of ABBA, particularly. It's no. not really your mm-hmm. yeah. musical bag. I mean, you know, no. music is music mm. and all that, so they, they obviously have points. But if oh, you yeah. listen yeah. to um, or you watch Eurovision or whatever, when English is spoken with an accent in a song, once you detect it, you can't miss it. So there's a yeah. cer- there are certain mm. things. But actually, I find generally pe- generally speaking that a lot of people who, who it isn't their first language speak it a lot better than so-called yeah. native speakers. You know? I've, I've... I know a couple of people who have got American mm. accents and have never been near America ah. in their lives. Pe- pe- people in yes. the UK who watch a lot, a lot of American yes. TV. In, ah, that's interesting. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah. and it's you know, it's like uh, you know, if people abroad learn English, 
um, the way I'm American English because that's yes, gonna, certain things slip into this gonna, consciousness, like the nine one one and the um, the, the, the certain mm-hmm. words, uh, the certain spellings. I think have also sort of slid in because of yeah. of things yeah. that turn up on films. Yeah, well. I mean, I've, I've got a got a friend who worked in uh, mm. Germany for quite a few years, and he got a, a school age mm. daughter who went to the international mm. school in Dusseldorf, which is you know, a big German yes. city and it's got lots of, uh, you know, the kids of Microsoft mm. kids and Nokia mm. kids and whatever. And they learn to speak English, American yes. English. They say mom. Yeah. They say, you know. So poor Wayne's daughter had to learn to speak differently at school and not go there and speak with a... Uh, with a Scottish well, accent. Well, people say that, though, don't they? I mean, with all sorts of educational situations that people have different accents at home and at school. And, you know, I mean, I, yeah. it's funny. Mm-hmm. I, I was talking about my um, one of my lecturers the other day, a friend of mine from college, and um, we were just saying that he used to make me so nervous that my my northern came out, you know. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. Because we were in, based in South Wales at the time, uh, you got this kind of homogenised... You know, the people who came from Devon, the people who came from Manchester, the people who came yeah. from Birmingham, mm-hmm. all sort of ended up in this couple of square miles of South Wales. And we all sort of yeah. got a, a much more bland way of speaking, you know. And I remember yeah. that, that you mm-hmm. you spoke the way you, people understood you, if you see what I mean. And so, yes. mm-hmm. but when I just remember this guy putting me on the spot and I just, I could, I could feel my vowels flattening. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll say that more clearly, my vowels flattening <laughs> you know and i just wonder because you've obviously yeah. uh, got a slight scottish burr still yeah do you feel mm-hmm. that you adjusted your the way you speak uh, when you moved down here de- de- definitely and yeah. do when you go or when you're speaking to people from back home do you does it does it broaden out again do you? it'll mm-hmm. it'll come back yeah but i see i, I used to say I, there was a friend of mine who um used to go on about my renfrewshire accent not oh, right. because I had a mm-hmm. Renfrewshire accent. I've never had a Renfrewshire accent. But but she was yeah. Scottish, and she came and and yeah. when I was talking to her, I would mimic. And I think it's, yes. it's kind of you, you so. I actually, that. I I used to I, I developed this slight, yeah. this slight Renfrewshire burr when I was talking just yeah. to her. Well, <laughs> I was I was in the uh, I was in the pub before mm. the county match uh, many years ago. We're probably talking uh, maybe twenty twenty five. So I was sitting around the table and we're all drinking beer and mm. yakking away. And a friend from Scotland came down. I've met Graham loads, hundreds and hundreds of times. And he came with his wife. His wife came from Lynn. So Graham lives in Edinburgh. His wife comes from Lynn, moved yep. up to Edinburgh. And she heard my accent and she was in absolute stitches when she heard me talking. Because <laughs> she knew what I should sound like. And she could spot every Northern English influence right. on my voice. And naturally, you're sitting around the table, the way you speak, the rhythms, the cadences were picked up from everyone else. So I've got all these odd non-Scottish <laughs> things. And she just thought this was yeah, absolutely right. hysterical. See, people might be wondering <clears throat> what we think this has got to do with television at all. But what, what <laughs> fascinates me, um, actually, from uh, from this is is this idea of regional accents and how yes back in the day everything was this sort of received pronunciation sort of idea yeah. of english mm-hmm. english sort of hyper english mm-hmm. english that was on on television 
and how that slid through into the world. You know, all slowly people with accents turned up. So, and mm. so you, I mean, when you say about um, when we get back to Peter West, but also the cricket commentators generally, where we started, is that you yeah. you used to have these terribly plummy, terribly posh folk, and the radio mm. was just those people. And yeah. then slowly, mm. surely, we got regional television. Mm. We got uh, mm. both uh, on ITV, which had the you know the regions STV, Granada, Granada Land, yeah. Yorkshire Television, yeah, all that kind of thing started to happen. But also with things like Nationwide, which would go to look north, look northwest, yeah. look southeast, mm -hmm. and slowly but surely, things started to sort of yeah. integrate a bit more. I mean, when you look at um, yeah. Even sort of dramas from the 60s, you know, things like uh, Callan, Public Eye, yeah. you know, uh, Dixon and Doc mm -hmm. Green, uh, there was basically the, there were all the villains had sort of cockney London, and, uh, yeah. and then all the, mm -hmm. all the good guys had terribly blummy, terribly mm -hmm. blummy voices. <laughs> and um, there wasn't much in the way of representation. And, and slowly but surely yeah. these things have come through. However, mm -hmm. I maintain that probably STV English. Or you know, whatever, what would what would your Scottish local have been? Your Scottish local brand have been when we've got yeah, I was yeah, was it, it was STV. Was it STV Scotland was a, on, on when it uh, report, reporting Scotland. Scotland? So when you got reporting Scotland, I imagine that what even though those were Scottish presenters, I don't imagine they necessarily were talking quite as quite as Glaswegian say, <laughs> no. as, as, as some people. I mean, it's obviously yeah. it's it's a good thing. I mean, this is mm. the, this is the thing. Yeah. That, that mm -hmm. Television, uh, like everything, you. I think yeah. a lot of television, uh, when we come down to it, people feel more comfortable if they're listening to people and they're looking at people who mm. remind them of themselves. And yeah. And mm -hmm. so many, in many ways, the sense that everything was London centric came from the fact that everybody spoke like they lived in London. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's 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 yeah. been a slow slow burn but finally there is a lot more regional yeah. representation across the board you know i mean do you remember yeah. funnily enough when we were talking in because we were in light entertainment in the early part of this episode yeah. when they used mm -hmm. to have real people on things like the generation game and yes. and i mm -hmm. often wonder they 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 seemed to sort of filter them out so that there weren't people that you couldn't understand because they, they used to have comedy clips of people trying to interview irish people for vox pops yeah. I know ho, mm -hmm. you can't understand a word he's saying, ho, ho, ho. And I'm sat there thinking, yeah. well, mm -hmm. actually, I imagine the people who know him understood every word. It's just that it's only this yeah. home counties mm -hmm. are oh, look at the funny foreign, uh, look at the funny regional yeah. accents. So, so I think we have yeah. come a long way yeah. in many ways, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think right. it's all helped indeed by, by watching people, things like Spiral and. Uh, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. We'll call right. it a day. Good stuff. That's been right. lovely again, okay. Sandy. And. Um, all right. See you again soon. You take care. Well, we seem to have run out of time again here on Vision on Sound. Or have we? With a little bit of tinkering... No, no, we are indeed out of time. My thanks to Sandy McGregor for digging me out of an interstitial metaphorical black hole this time around and saving my proverbial bacon. Thanks also, of course, to everyone here at Fab Radio International and to you for listening. I hope you'll join us here for another Vision on Sound very soon. Goodbye, and take care. <laughs>